that was a really good Commander night. Great games, great people, great food. Yeah, it was nice. I'm glad to be home though, I'm kind of tired. Here, let me take your coat and I'll put it on the Yawns Crossing. Oh, thanks, James. Did you want a cup of tea? Sure, that would be, that'd be great. Oh, I've left my decks in the car. W would you mind getting them while I boil the kettle? Oh, you'd lose your head if it wasn't screwed on properly. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> All right, I'm going, I'm going. Hey, Walt, there's a green glow coming from the door. What the? Walt and James, it is time to get commanded. No, no, not now. We haven't prepared anything. You have been tasked with the construction of a new commander deck. Hang on, no. I, I need to check what decks I already have and, and what strategy is missing. I, I, I don't want to double up. Walt, Walt, it's okay. It's okay. The deck's theme is aristocrats. See, I, I already have that strategy. And so do I, but we just released our deck building template episodes. We got this easy. I don't think that green glow is going away until this deck is built, James. Then we'll build it. Together. Is that the theme song? I, I think so. Looks like it really is. Time to get commanded. That's my line. Oh man, I that was weird. We were in the in the theme song. In the it's something's broken. This that was weird. This is not right. I mean, like, welcome to the Get Commander podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's the GCP by the GCC, helping you to have better games with Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James, and just been beamed into this episode. Yeah, I'd like normally we'd have an incoming transmission right about now, but we've already received our transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's already time to get commanded. This episode's all over the place. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know how I feel or what to do. What a weird episode. Um, look, we have to build a deck. Um, I I reckon, by the way, I reckon the Space Commanders heard that Arlo asked us about an Aristocrats deck for the Q&A, like, forever ago now. And I reckon they knew that he didn't get his answer, and I reckon they have, like... Or, or, hear me out. Okay. Arlo is one of the space commanders. Oh, my God. Arlo, we need confirmation that you are not from outer space. <laughs> Any confirmation will do. We require it. <laughs> or we'll... I, I don't know what we'll do. Oh my lord, I'm scared now. <laughs> Arlo, for, for those that don't know Arlo, Arlo's one of our um, friends and players in, in the community in the local game stores yeah. we play in, so... He's lovely. I, yeah. I need to, I'm sorry <laughs> I've called him out as an alien. Um, I didn't mean to. <laughs> but look, alright, we, we have our transmission. We have to build a aristocrats deck. An aristocrats deck. I, I have one of these. I actually built one, like, only a few months ago. I've talked about it a few times, but my Queen My Chaser deck. So... Yeah. I reckon I'll kind of use that as a as a starting point. Mm -hmm. um, do you have an aristocrats deck that you can kind of draw on? Or? Look, I say that I do, but it's it's there's not a lot of aristocrats effects in it. Okay. But I use the aristocrats play patterns of sacrificing creatures over and over again, on looping different things for value. And I gotcha. my deck is the what I call a semi. I call it a sub theme. Okay, it's my fire laugh deck because I have a, a oh, ton of plans. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I see what you mean. There's like a lot yeah. of Flings Goblin Bombardment stuff. is like yeah. the, the, the semi-aristocrats effect in Okay, there, right? no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I guess we should probably sort of give an idea of what aristocrats is as a deck. 
Um, Important to break that down yeah. when, we're, when we're building that type. <laughs> when we're building one. Yeah. Um, so, um, aristocrats kind of draw their name from a type... Like, the, the, the theme is named after a particular type of card, which is colloquially called an aristocrat. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the, the way that an aristocrat's deck wins is typically by sacrificing your own creatures and gaining incremental value when you do so. Typically you're, quote, draining your opponents. So this is any effect where it causes your opponents to lose life, especially when you then gain the yeah. life that was lost. So um, Envisage vampire sucking blood from you kind of effect. Which is typically, a lot of these cards are vampires, yeah. right? Like, that's that's yeah. a thing that, that happens for sure. So um, examples of, like, the actual effect, like what you would call an aristocrat effect, um, blood artist. Is that's like, probably, like, the OG... Quintessential one. one. It's a one and a black for a zero one creature that says whenever blood artist or another creature dies, target opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Yeah. Um, But there's a bunch of repeats of this effect in magic. Stacks. So like Bastion of Remembrance is a new one that's an enchantment. Yeah. So that ETBs and makes a human, which you can use to sack. Yeah. We'll we'll go into why that's so good. But this one actually reads something slightly different, which says whenever another creature you control dies... Each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. And that says each opponent as yeah. well. So but we can basically... These are the two categories of aristocrat. We can kind of break them down into these two categories. Yep. So in one camp, we have the effects that will drain a singular opponent. So that they will say, when another creature dies, target opponent loses a life and you gain a life. So Blood Artist is one. Um, Falconrath Noble is another mm. one. These are doing only one damage per creature dying effectively to each player that you're you're draining, but they typically see every single creature that dies on the whole board. So if you board wipe and a blood artist is on the field, on my side of the field, blood artist will see, you know, my five creatures and James's eight creatures and player three's nine creatures and player four his ten creatures. It's a lot of life. And if you've never played against an aristocrat strategy there, there comes a point in a game when you're up against an aristocrat's player. You're like, I need to board wipe. Their board is out of control. But if I do, I'm going to be drained for like 20 life here. Yeah. It's really sketchy. So like you then need to think about like targeted removal first and then board wipe. Yeah. It's one of these deck strategies that forces you to play against it in a really... I call it a frustrating way because mm. like you can't just do the simple, I'm going to sol- solve everything and just blow everything up no it doesn't really work yeah a hundred percent but there are other um effects that um that are aristocrats like we mentioned before about bastion of remembrance that drain everyone so bastion of remembrance is a good example of this yes. there's also zulaport cutthroat yeah which is a creature that Great does one. it yep. another one um in ores of colors all of the cards we've mentioned so far are black but this one is actually white and black yes um which is cruel celebrant yep same thing so yeah. so these ones will drain each of your opponents for one so it's effectively like draining for three but they only trigger when your creatures die so it's kind of the trade-off you get um and look typically we we want to be playing both in an aristocrats deck both are really really strong it's our strat it's like yeah it's what we want to be doing it's 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 the thing um so one thing that that i think is immediately going to come to mind here is like what is the difference between this sort of way of building a deck and what we might sort of colloquially call a reanimator deck Oh, yeah, A deck true. that's sort of, like, yeah. bringing things back from the graveyard. And look, there's a lot 
of overlap, I think, between these two types of decks. A lot of them end up running sub-themes of each other. Like, you know, you can yeah. have an Aristocrats deck with a Reanimator sub-theme, and then a Reanimator deck with a small Aristocrats sub-theme. Yeah, and I've totally built both of these before. So, yeah. like, an example of an Aristocrat, like, an explicitly Aristocrat-style commander, at least... Um, Taser Karlov is probably the mm. quintessential one. So the main thing that Taser does, I think it gives token creatures vigilance and lifelink, which is cool. But the main thing that it says is if a creature dying would cause a triggered ability of a, um, a permanent you control to trigger. That isn't a mana ability. Important. Oh, that isn't a mana ability. Yep. It triggers twice yep. instead. Um, so yeah, this is effectively with those specifically aristocrats cards like Blood Artist, like Bastion of Remembrance. This says when a creature dies, it does that twice instead. Yeah. There's also that really cool, um, new Orzov commander. It's a legendary creature, but it's like uncommon and it, you play it in your Marchesa deck. I can't remember what, it's a very weird oh, name. Elas Ilcor, I think the one. it's called. Yeah. That's actually really cool because it has two different ways of the aristocrats effect. Yeah. It has whenever a creature dies on your board, each opponent loses a life. Yes. But then when a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. Yeah. This is kind of a weird one where it's not doing the typical drain you, gain I gain life in the one sort of line mm. of text. Like it's two separate things. But you do get this weird thing of like, yeah, you get the, the life draining, but also, yeah, creatures entering the battlefield gaining you life stacks up a lot over the course yep. of a game. Um, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely aristocrats for sure as well. Um, the other one I'd throw in here is um, like someone like Yorgmoth, the the mm. mono black Yorgmoth. I mean, this card's a house in so many strategies. Free sacrifice outlet on him that draws cards. That draws cards. It's, it's crazy. Wild. It's absolutely crazy how strong that card is. But yeah, I think that the the probably the strongest way to build Yorgmoth as a as your commander would be to do aristocrats to have lots of creatures that you're sacrificing mm. and to get that incremental value by sacrificing them. Yeah, but to highlight the the opposite end, the reanimator style. Just quickly, a couple of commanders that do this really, really well is Merin of Clan Maltoth. Yep, that's you, like the quintessential reanimator commander, right? Yep. G Golgari, I got big creatures in bin, I sacrifice them, but look, they come back on end step and do their thing again. Yep, it's um, a great commander. My Chest of the Black Rose is a fantastic one. Yeah, this is the, the Grixis one. one. Yeah, yeah. so uh, creatures with plus one counters on it when they die, you get them back in the end step. Really, yeah. really strong, for sure. Um, Sephiris of the Hidden Ways I would throw in here. This is the the Forgotten Realms commander. Um, oh, the dungeon diving one? Yeah, the pre-con. So this one's Esper, so black, yeah. black white, and blue. Um, and this one ventures into the dungeon when a creature is... Oh, it's so weird. When a creature card is put into your graveyard from anywhere during so your turn... or dies. Oh, no. Yeah, but only once a turn. So I can trick it other people's turns, but only once. Anyway, it's weird. But look, the main... It's definitely going to work yeah. if you want to be sacrificing creatures a lot because you're going to get them back. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry. Reanimating them. It's yeah. a reanimated deck for sure. And yeah. then there's like Carador um, as well. There's, there's, yeah. There is a ton there's of... Stacks there's stacks There's heaps. But, but, but these commanders are like... You can kind of build strategies with them similarly. Yeah. Um, again, but, you can have these sub-themes... Bit of a blurry line. They're but... sort of like a spectrum, I think, where there's like yeah. a pure reanimator on one end and a pure aristocrats on the other, yeah. but most decks are going to sit somewhere in between on that line. Yeah, like my Scarab God deck has no aristocrats sub theme. It's just a reanimator. Yeah, totally. Deck, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of want to point out before we kind of dive into the like the nuts and bolts of what we're going to do with an aristocrats deck and the numbers and actually start building yeah. is aristocrats. Like, we talked about it before. Think vampire draining the life out of you. Mm. I actually just want to take a second to appreciate that the fact that this deck archetype 
has got the name aristocrats because an aristocrat is someone from high society yeah. that really doesn't care <laughs> about... Uh, uh, look, I'm happy to get political on this podcast. Let's <laughs> sure. do this. But like, you know, sacrificing things aren't a detriment to them. Using no. Using people for their own benefit is beneficial for them. Yeah. So I don't care if a 1-1 dies, I get this. Yeah, and I think that's basically... Funnily enough, I think that's kind of the thesis statement. I'm going to go a bit academic here, but that's yeah. kind of the thesis statement of an aristocrat's deck is, yeah, I don't care if my things die. It's not a setback for me. So I can make bad cards good and I can make good cards great if I choose the right ones. Yes. And if you play them in the right order as well, I think I just, I, I when I have, I've borrowed your Marchessa deck and mm. when I played it, I did feel very like almost I hold dominion over my deck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm commanding these people. Like these poor soldiers don't want to be sacrificed for my benefit, <laughs> but I will throw them off the cliff to uh, make myself gain life. That's and, beautiful. Yeah. There is something to be said for the fact that I think it's one of the best things about magic. Playing particular ways makes you feel a particular way. Yeah. Like the game mechanics have vibes to them. <laughs> I totally agree. Like, for example, when you play like a go wide strategy yeah. and you're finally at the point where you turn everything sideways and swing for lethal, the action of like putting your forearms on your playmat <laughs> and swinging everything is like a very raw kind yeah. of like Timmy the wilds move. rising up. Yeah, yeah totally. I totally. love it. And like the control, like I love playing counter spells. So when I play counter magic, I sit there with like my my fingers pressed on either side of my mm, chin. Feels intellectual. Yeah, I feel I'm better than you, and I'm, I know it. <laughs> I've got knowledge that no. you, you don't know anything about it. Um, you haven't gone to school, have you? <laughs> All right. Back on aristocrats. Aristocrats. We know what they are. Let's start building a deck before they kill us. Um, <laughs> There's that green glow is the, getting That green glow is getting strong. brighter. We've we got to get out of here. We've got to build the deck. So I think the first question we should ask is how many actual aristocrats should be in the deck? How well, many well, of those effects? This is an aristocrats deck. So we run... All of them, everyone we can, right? James, you silly goose. You do not. Look, the thing about an aristocrat's deck is that funnily enough, these cards, they're, they're going to be probably our way of winning. Like we talked about win cons before when we did our mm. deck building template. Um, they're also enhancers. They make our creatures dying better. But on an empty board, a blood artist doesn't really do anything until no. something else is introduced to the mix. Look, I, I I set you up to give that advice, but I don't <laughs> believe this at all. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. On an empty board, an aristocrat is just usually a 2-3 flyer with death touch or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, like it's not doing much to the board. It, it does nothing. And also, like, yeah, blood artists can do something if your opponent's creatures dies, but they're probably not playing aristocrats, no. so they're going to keep their creatures. So, yeah. like... They really do absolutely nothing. And when we spoke about our enhancers, mm. when we're talking about deck building in our template, we said that the, the easy thing to kind of define an enhancer is that they have an incredibly high ceiling, but a very low floor. Yes, totally. And I think aristocrats fit this bill for this deck. Yeah. Like the actual aristocrat card. So like, yeah, blood artists. Yes. On that amazing gunked up board that's just been board wiped. Yeah, that's like 40 life you're yeah. draining from your opponents. You're gaining 40. But 
on an empty board that's do- where nothing is happening, it's a zero one with no other abilities. That's actually you know? blood artist. Yeah, the yeah. art is cool. I like it's, the art of blood artist. It's cool art. You're contributing to the artistic yeah. presentation of the game. Get a playmat with the aristocrat. <laughs> get if you really just want to play all these cards for the art, give get yourself a playmat with blood artist on it, and yep. then you'll feel like you've got an aristocrat there all the time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So look, I think probably in terms of numbers, I reckon we're sort of looking at the same similar numbers to when we looked at win cons and enhancers for um, our deck building template. So probably around like the five to eight number, I want to say. I think minimum five, but I wouldn't go higher than eight, yeah. definitely. It's interesting because we're considering these both a win con and enhancer. Yes. So we can take our number for win cons of five yep. and add our win cons of, or add our enhancer number of like one to five yeah. and go, okay, five to eight. Yeah. Let's call it five to eight. Exactly. Exactly. There will be other win cons and enhancers in our deck, though, which I think is why we didn't go, say, like, right off the bat 10. Yeah. Because there's going to be other stuff we're going to want to include, which we'll go into later. But so if if we're not playing that many of these actual aristocrats, then what should the rest of our deck be? Um, I think it has to be a good chunk of it should be creatures that make more creatures, Mm. especially token creatures yeah well i mean this is the thing we have a very limited number of cards in commander um 100 cards is not a lot when you think 35 to 40 of them will be lands or something like that like so you can't just have a creature in your deck that does nothing i love the there's an uh, is it undying whether when they die they create a creature oh um, not undying afterlife afterlife that's the one so when they die they make like a spirit which is giving you two creatures for one card yeah so when we talked about um like I think it was in our phrasing episode where we were talking about like going one for two or two for one. Yes. These cards that, you know, poop out other cards in an aristocrat strategy are a one for X. Like you're using one card, but getting however many resources. Totally. I think especially in decks like, um, like Taser, where you're getting that dies trigger twice afterlife Mm. specifically is going to be great. But just to throw a couple of other cards out there that are going to be creatures, especially that make more creatures are going to be extra good because like we said, we're somewhere on that reanimator spectrum as well. So if it's a creature card, that's making more tokens, we can get that creature back and get the tokens back as well. So as an example, weapon craft enthusiast, um, this I think is also a zero one funnily Mm. enough, but it has fabricate two very weird mechanic. It's a three mana, creature either when it enters the battlefield you can put two plus one counters on it or you can make two servos so these are one one artifact creatures yeah so that we're never going to put counters on it spoiler we want those one ones baby. <laughs> we want those one ones so when it enters the battlefield it's a three mana creature that makes two more creatures that's three creatures for three mana that's going to be three blood artist triggers right on yeah. the board right away that's so cool I, um another creature that makes a lot of creatures um over and over again is um gulkolagissa Oh, this card's so good. So cool. For so a, strong. It, yeah, it is also a legendary creature. Oh, um, could be your so commander. you could run this as your commander totally. if you wanted to. Yeah. But it, it, you pay a black and tap it and sacrifice a creature. Yeah. And then you create X2-2 zombies where X is the sacrificed creature's power or is it yeah. toughness? Yeah, no, power. Power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, amazing and this is a repeatable effect. You can do this every turn. And also you're sacrificing a creature to do this. 
you're triggering all of those aristocrats effects. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing that you'll get into with aristocrats is the wheels keep on turning mm. and that's kind of how you want to do it. In, in a similar vein, Abhorrent Overlord, this is a seven mana creature. I think it's a five, five with flying. So this is a big splash. This is going to sit right at the top of your mana curve if you try to choose this one. Yes, definitely. Sure. When it enters the battlefield, you make a number of one, one black harpies with flying equal to uh, your devotion to black. So this is the number of black mana pips in the permanents on your battlefield. Um, so that's going to be amazing. It's going to make a lot of tokens right away. And also, in your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. So, oh, it's a sack outlet as well. Well, of, yeah. yeah. Typically, that would be a downside, right? We don't really want to sacrifice mm. our creatures. But in an Aristocrats deck, we're happy to sack a creature. It might be one we can then reanimate and get back. It's so cool. I think, like, yeah, there's there's so many more creatures that, you know, make other creatures. But I give, want to give a big shout out to, like, enchantments that do the same of, uh, the same effect. Sure. So, for example, i got two. Yeah. They're both zombie examples. Because, okay. Um, I, your I, way of doing it. I love zombies. <laughs> and my Scarab God deck is one of my favorites. But two... two Two examples that make creatures all the time. Dreadhorde Invasion. Yeah. Two mana enchantment that in your upkeep you oh. lose a life and a mass. Yeah. Which so is where you create a zero zero zombie army and put a counter on it. But yeah. if you have a zombie army, you put another counter on that zombie army. The, the, the sort of trick here is that you actually don't want to keep the zombie army. If it's dying every single turn when you when you get to your sort of main yeah. phase and stuff, or you know you use it as a blocker, then when it comes back to your upkeep, you're just making a creature every upkeep yeah. for two mana. It's great. And it's great. Like, yeah, okay, that downside of losing a life is pretty horrible, but you're an aristocrat. You're going to drain everyone. Yeah, exactly. Another one that I really liked is, um, I cannot remember it. You, I really hope you remember the name of it. It is two black and black. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you make X zombies where X is the number of, or you make X zombies where X is half the number of zombies you control or oh, one addition to that I actually don't know the name of that card uh, but yeah it's that's incredible that's really going to add up especially in a zombie tribal deck like yeah. over the course of a game that's going to be a crazy amount of value yeah so if sure. you run Ghoul Call Gister as your commander that is an incredible inclusion oh, yeah. in, in an aristocrat strategy totally totally I think the other thing we're going to be wanting to to throw a lot of in our deck not so much as the um the, the, the cards we were just talking about that make more creatures in terms of those ones i reckon we want like 15 yeah i would sort of go a bit lower on these more like more like eight to ten of this next category creatures that want to die like want to be sacrificed um immediately one that comes to mind serrated scorpion i play this in my pauper list yeah it's so good it's a house it's a one mana one two um to shout out cards printed in the last three years that do this <laughs> one mana one two for no reason when it dies um each opponent? Yeah, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Is it really life. each? It is. Because I only play this in Pauper, so that's a one-on-one -on -one format. I've played it in my Arami deck and it's nuts. Oh, because you make three, yeah, three that's copies. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a reanimated deck, not so much a, an Aristocrats one. But yeah, the amount of life this will do really adds up. And it's a one-mana one mana creature. Yeah. And what's really cool about the creatures that want to die, they generally have like... Some creatures have both effect of like they do something when they come in and they do something when they die. Sure. So when we do have that sub theme of reanimation or we just generate value by giving things persist or undying. Yeah. Like cards like Solemn Simulacrum. Yeah. Sad robot, yeah. So, so sad. sad. <laughs> A great in this kind of strategy. Yeah, because it's got an enter the battlefield trigger. Yep. 
gets you a basic from your library, puts it on the battlefield. And tabs. when we sacrifice it, we not only drain everybody, yeah, but we draw a card. Draw as well. a card, yeah. Now that's a really good one to get loops going of. For you sure. know, one of my favorite ways to use this is sacrificing it to a card called Viserysir. Um, you sacrifice the creature. The trigger to draw goes on the stack. You draw a card, and then you scry one. Oh. Um, so you get like amazing card advantage just yeah. by doing one free action. No, that's really good. Um, a card I I rate super highly in my Aristocrats deck is. Cavalier of Night. Um, this one, again, similar to what you just said about Solon, fits in both of those camps of Enter the Battlefield and Dies triggers. Mm. Um, the Enter the Battlefield trigger, I believe, is you can sacrifice a creature to destroy a creature. Um, Almost like an exploit when it... it yeah, yeah. Cost, so yeah. Yeah, that, basically that kind of mechanic. Um, but when it dies, you can return a creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whoa! Yeah, so like you can get some a lot of value. You could return your serrated scorpion, and you know, do it all again. But you could get like, for example, if you know all of our aristocrats' pieces. Yeah, most of them are less than three. Blood artist, cruel celebrant. Yeah. If this dies, Falcon Wrath Noble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not Falcon Wrath Noble. Um, Zulaport Cutthroat. You could get yeah. back. Yeah. Um, the the van the other vampire one. Oh, uh, cruel celebrant. Cruel celebrant. No, yeah. no, the other one. The the or is that three and a black? I think Falcon Wrath Noble is. No, I'm thinking there's another one. I remember the art. It's like he's like coming at the Oh, Vindictive Vampire? Vindictive Vampire. That one's also four, I think. Damn, so close. But a couple of them. A lot of them, yeah. And again, it fits in the strategy, so it gets back your key pieces. This is just... Oh, it's the source. It's yeah, so it's the so- it's the gravy. The gravy. Hashtag oh, callback. <laughs> last episode. Well, that's like... That's a good start, for sure. Like, we know sort of where we're coming from. We know what the deck is all about. Do we want to have a little... Uh, thrifty interlude Ooh, i feel like i okay when we do thrifty interludes in the future i'm mm-hmm. gonna buy like a little set of chimes for the desk where i can just <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i know you said chimes but i immediately thought of greece and you know how like the announcement she has a little like xylophone oh, she goes ding 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 Either of those. All right. Um, the next episode we record, uh, oh, you'll expect me to come wow. with my little chimes. It's, it's of... your action, James. You gotta, you gotta get that. You gotta I'll, bring I'll, it for us. I'm gonna make a note of this in my phone while we do the thrifty interlude. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it's time for the thrifty interlude. We'll feature a weird, zany, um, well, in this case, ad for a card, uh, a cheap card. This one like, actually can go in our deck. Um, and we will, of course, be back to talk about card draw, ramp, removal, all the other fun stuff we're going to put in our Aristocrats deck. But before that, do you want to introduce the card that we're talking about this week, James? Yeah, again, every single time. It like almost fits with what we're talking about. It's almost like you planned this. I couldn't possibly, James. Couldn't we just it. received the transmission. But this card fits almost perfectly into an aristocrat strategy. <laughs> the card for the thrifty interlude this episode is Doomed Artisan. For two and a white, you're going to get a creature, human artificer. Sculptures you control can't attack or block. It also reads, at the beginning of your end step, create a colorless sculpture artifact creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of sculptures you control. It's a 1-1. Do you ever feel like people are watching you and not in a good way? Do you also feel as though the things that you do are meaningless to you but significant to others? Most importantly, do you want to laugh at some dingus who sucks more than you? Introducing Greg, the useless sculptor. He spends his entire life toiling away at his art and never, ever, under any circumstances, realises that he's a genius who can create living statues. 
It's hilarious! Reap all of the benefit from someone else's life and contribute nothing at all yourself, like a real estate agent. Get budgeted! 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 budgeted. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know what I love? The, the, the pure irony of that, that last line. What? The, the, so self-aware that this guy's selling something in a very real estate agent kind of vibe <laughs> and is selling this honestly incredible card. It's great. It's really, really good. But also in an aristocrat strategy, kind of bonkers. It makes a sculpture every end step. And I think that the, the reason it becomes busted in, in aristocrats, it's already great making a body every end step. That's great. Oh, each of your end steps, sorry. Well, I we guess. literally just spoke about how creatures that make multiple creatures, we want to run like, what, 15? Yeah, yeah. Like so this can 100% be one of them. Because the other thing you can do, once you've got a few of the sculptures, you can sack... Greg, <laughs> useless sculpture, sculptor, and you keep the sculptures, and only Greg reads sculptures you control, can't attack or block. So all your tokens can swing now. Yeah. Oh, so in like a Taser deck, that's wild because they've got lifelink and stuff. Oh yeah, they, they would have lifelink and vigilance in that's Taser. That's insanity. Yeah, really, really like a lot better than it looks. So please do try it if you haven't already. Wild. Um. Anyway, look, if you wanted to read more of these weird zany ads and monologues and stuff, they're released regularly uh, every Thursday on Discord. Our Discord is linked in the show notes. Um. You can also see some of these uh, on TikTok. I've made a couple of them into videos. Uh, I'll certainly make a few more. It's G underscore Commander Community. So chuck us a follow on there if you want to see them as they come out. Yeah, and definitely the Discord is the place to connect with Walt and I. Yes. Um, if you want to ask us questions for maybe an upcoming Q&A episode, who mm. knows? Um, but if you want to get in contact with us and talk about our decks or want to send us your decks for us to have a quick glance over. Yeah. Or if you just want to possibly maybe play a spell table game or two. Someday soon we Someday. might have the capability. Yeah, no, definitely engage with us. And we have a whole community of people we play with at our, our local store. A lot of them are in there. They're really, really fantastic people. A lot of them mm. listen to this podcast. They're really, really great players and people. So um, even if me and James are not ourselves replying, which we will, by the way, we'll definitely mm. will reply. There's plenty of people out there who have really interesting thoughts on Commander, and, and we love hearing from them. I'm sure you will as well. Yeah, like Arlo, who requested this Aristocrats-themed episode. Yeah, which coincided so nicely with the green light appearing under the door. Which we should probably get back to building this deck, We should get deck, back to right? that, shouldn't we? Okay, yeah. like, we've gone through the aristocrats bit of the Aristocrats deck. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of our essentials. We, we've outlined this in our deck-building template before, but... Um, Basically, the real crucial stuff of card draw, ramp, and removal. So I these think. are things that we need in all decks. Every commander because deck, yeah. All commander decks need to draw cards. Ramping is debatable in, yes. in some ways. As We've we talked, talked about, about this. Yep. But if you accelerate the mana available that you have in your deck, you're going to be casting bigger mana cost spells at a sooner turn, yep. which is important. Yep. And removal... I can guarantee you, you're playing against three other people. You're going to want to get rid of some of the stuff on their side of the board. Absolutely. So, all right. Should we start at the top? Yeah, card draw. Let's do it. Um, we talked about before how we love 
uh, different types of card draw. We sort of broke them into three categories. There's some stuff that kind of bridges the gap here, but they sort of work reasonably well. So the three categories we had was activated, passive, and burst. So burst card draw is going to be the kind of thing where it's a spell that or an effect that just draws you a certain number of cards as a one-off kind of thing. You can think of a card like Harmonize as a mm. typical example. Pull of just, from tomorrow. Pull from tomorrow. Just, just draw the cards yeah. now. That's what it does. Um, activated, we can think of as more something that requires some sort of input into it to draw the cards, but also is often repeatable. So like a card like Greater Good, which will be good in a lot of Aristocrats decks, by the way. It does fit now. It says Sacrifice a Creature on it. So yeah. 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 Um, you basically draw three cards. Or you draw cards equal to the Sacrifice Creature's power, then discard three cards. Um, so you're activating it by sacking that creature. You're doing something. You're to doing get something the card to get draw. there. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And then you've got passive card draw, which is honestly one of my favorite types of card draw. It's card draw that just kind of over time will accumulate and get you cards maybe one or two a turn or like one a turn cycle yeah just over time you don't really need to do much for this effect to happen no it sort of just sits there and accrues value by drawing your cards over time yeah. yeah now one of the key things that we talked about in our deck building template saga of episodes yes was when we're looking at cards to go in our decks we want a, the the best way to pick one of these cards is if it synergizes with what our deck is trying to do. Yeah, especially things that synergize with our commander are going to be yeah. really good. But also, yeah, in, our, in this case, we're building an aristocrat's deck, right? We care about creatures dying. And um, spoiler alert, there are a lot of great bits of card draw that care about creatures dying or sacrifice creatures. So we're just going to outline some of our favorites for this particular sort of strategy. Yeah. So um, if we're talking about, about passive, maybe as a good example, sure. a starting point, there are a bunch of creatures that just say on them, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. Some of them deal a damage to you, like Midnight Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, Grim Harrispex does not. It also has Morph randomly. Yeah. Weird mechanic. Um, Erebos Bleakhearted, similar kind of thing. Yep. Whenever when, This one actually will see tokens die and draw you cards but you have to pay two life to do it so it's a little bit of a cost and a few of the card draw spells in black will do this um but yeah all of these effects coupled with your aristocrats are just going to let you cycle through your deck by sacking things you're getting the incremental value you're getting those dies triggers we talked about before these are going to be really really strong one of the key things that i'll give you a piece of advice on is note whether or not it says creature or non-token creature. Yeah, because yeah. no, stuff that just says creature is going to be stronger. Um, I, I do want to throw in the mix here. We've talked about this card a couple of times. We rate it super highly. Morbid Opportunist. Oh, I think this is such a slept-on card. It's, People should play this more often. They should. It's still like a dollar. It's an uncommon card from Midnight Hunt. It's Get so good. Budgeted. Get budgeted. <laughs> um, it reads, whenever one or more creatures die, draw a card. This triggers only once a turn. Which you might go, that's terrible. It only happens once a turn. I may as well play Phyrexian Arena that I just lose a life and draw an extra card in my upkeep. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> once a turn. Yes. Including your opponent's turns. Yes. So if you have a free sacrifice outlet like your greater good that we talked about before, mm. on someone else's turn, if you trigger this, you draw a card. Also, it doesn't say it has to be your creatures. So if someone else is just attacking, you know, James is attacking Stella over here and Stella blocks with a 1-1 and the 1-1 dies, 
I draw a card because a creature died during this turn. And I can guarantee you that this card is not going to be a lightning rod for removal because, like I said before, people sleep on this card. Yes. It's not your typical Rhystic study, which people are like, oh my god, this guy's going to draw so much cards. I better from- deal with that right now. Yeah. yeah. People are going to go, oh, what's that card do? Oh, once a turn? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. And Walt, you'll just sit there quietly with your morbid opportunist <laughs> going, oh, that died, I draw a card. Yep. And next turn, oh yeah, I'll uh, draw another card. <laughs> yes. The amount of cards this will draw over the course of the game will genuinely astound yeah. you. It's ridiculous. I think I've drawn, in singular games, I'll go out and say I reckon I've drawn upwards of 10 cards with just yeah. Morbid Opportunist. Wild. It's crazy. It's so, so Super strong. Super hyper-efficient. I want to shout out one more. Yeah. That's a Planeswalker. Yes. Liliana, Dreadhorde General. Oh yeah. This card's Super great. Good. This This one is one that will see every creature die and draw you a card. And it creates a token. Yes. It upticks to create a 2-2. It does. It upticks to create a 2-2. So this, the, the passive on this Planeswalker, by the way, it's a six-mana Liliana Planeswalker. Um, whenever a creature dies draw a card passive so you don't have to activate anything um interestingly this is not a may trigger so you do have to be careful if your board is gunked up and you've got not many cards in your library if they all die you will have to draw all those cards (laughs) which if you already have gone through half your library Drawing 50 cards is not going to be good. No, it's not going to look good for you. Definitely <laughs> but not. again, that card fits in this card draw category. But as we talked about in our deck building episode, it also fits in the category of things that make bodies for yes. us to sacrifice. And we love these cards that sit in multiple categories. So yeah, good good shout. Yeah. That card is fantastic. Those are some really good passive ones. Um, what, what do you reckon for like uh, like activated? So so the ones we have to feed something into to draw cards. What's what's some good examples for All this? Alright, I'm going to name... I know we literally just released um, the popular cards versus boring cards episode. Yes. And I'm going to name a colourless card that sits in literally every single aristocrat's deck you will ever see. Okay. No matter what the colour, because it's colourless. Yeah. It's an equipment. It's one equip cost. Uh, skull clam. There you go. That card is so good. So this is a, yeah, one mana equipment. You equip it to a creature for one. So you've only paid two mana at this point. Yep. Uh, Equipped creature gets plus one, minus one. And when the equipped creature dies, draw two cards. So the play pattern with this card is you, as it is an Aristocrats theme, most of these creatures that make bodies, these bodies are usually one ones. Yes. So they're usually like in, you know... Not valuable to you in any other way, so no. they're just chumpy. You can chump with block them, all that kind it's of stuff. The servo that we made before with our you know, exactly all that kind of stuff, trigger. or the yep. spirit from the afterlife trigger. Yeah, these are going to give you so many cards in your hand yep. for just a couple of mana, because when you equip skull clamp to one of these one ones. It gets plus one, negative one. Now, in Magic, there's a rule that says, as a state-based action, if a creature has zero toughness, it dies. Goes to the graveyard. It goes to the graveyard. Which is going to trigger the Skull Clamp and draw you two cards. So, so for one mana, yeah. you draw two cards. And the typical play pattern here is if you have an empty hand and you have your Skull Clamp and a few 1-1s, you just go pay one, equip it to a 1-1, one, one, draw two cards. Didn't find what you were looking for? That's fine. Pay one, put it on another 1-1, one, one, draw two more cards. Each of them are dying yeah. each time, but again, in our deck, we don't care about that. We want that to happen. This is actually so frequently used in these strategies that people now use the phrase, I'll clamp this creature. Yeah, they do. Like, so it's it's now like a ubiquitous thing with these yes. strategies. It's so strong. I, I have heard calls to have Skull Clamp banned, and I honestly... 
don't think they're unreasonable. I'm yeah. not going to go out on a limb and say, yes, ban it right now, but I think it's a reasonable question to ask. It's that strong. It's, it's kind of wild. Crazy good. If you have a copy, I think they're like 5 $6, but if you can pick one up, it's it's really strong. Um, in a similar vein, there's a, an enchantment in black, uh, Vampiric Rites. It's a one manner enchantment. You can pay one in a black and sacrifice a creature. You gain a life and draw a card. Okay. Let's... Yeah, repeatable. Super good. Yeah, and it's yeah. instant speed. You can do it at any time. Yeah. Um, hold it up. You know, someone goes to remove something. You sack it in response, draw a card. I've done that a couple of times. Definitely, maybe more than a couple. It's really, really good. It's super highly rated. Love that. I also kind of... I'm going to put these... We've talked about cards that kind of do card advantage. Not quite card draw, but do it to a halfway house. So we'll consider these like 0.5 of a card draw yeah. slot. So, so if we're aiming for that sort of 10 to 15 mark for our card draw, this, you know, a couple of these half cards counts as one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So two of the cards that immediately popped to my mind are Viseracy, which I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. But also Woe Strider that you played literally the other week when we were playing against a couple of people in our local game store. Yeah. Incredible value. It, it It's basically this, both cards have the same effect where you sacrifice a creature for free, by the way. Yep. No mana intensive. Mm-hmm. And then you scry one. Yes. So not quite card draw but card advantage yep card um, selection card selection yep. it's pretty decent the best thing about worst rider and this is i remember this specifically when i was playing with you is because i removed it and forgot that worst rider has escape yeah it comes back it comes back so i think you pay five so you pay three black black you have to exile a few cards from your graveyard. I forget I how many. It might three. be three or yeah. two or something like that. Um, and it just comes back to the back to the battlefield again. Also, Woe Strider has another one way that it sort of sits in this intersection in the deck that we really like. We talked about this before. Oh, yeah. It makes a goat. It makes a goat. So, like, on an empty board, it's not just a creature that sacrifices stuff. It's a creature that sacrifices stuff with some fodder to throw under it. It's It's really, really good. Yeah. Totally agree on that. I also um, love the goat token, that like the cute. specific goat token that's linked to Woestrider yeah, from the, the Theros it's set. It's the zero one goat. Yeah. It looks super cartoony, and it it's, does. It's like a big old billy goat with yeah. like big horns. And... Well, I think it's like the same vibe as the is is Clackbridge Troll the same set? I think it is, or is that no, Eldraine? I think that might have been Eldraine, no. but they were printed very similar yeah, times. They, it might be the same art, even. But yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely another good one to go in the activated camp. I think if we're looking at burst card draw, um, there's a few of these that will be spells. There's one that's a creature that immediately comes to mind. Um, Disciple of Bolas. This is a four mana creature that when it enters the battlefield, you can sacrifice another creature. If you do, you gain life and draw cards equal to its power. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this is like a, you know, definitely better in decks where you're going to be making a lot of big creatures. We talked before hey, about it's great, my... great with your sculptor, dude. My sculpt, yeah, 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 great with great with the sculptures that you're making for sure. Um, yeah, definitely good in like a Gulcola Gisa kind of deck where you're probably going to want to make big creatures to sacrifice, or a Marin um, deck with yeah, big power creatures. My yep. my Marin deck is sort of a power matters kind of thing. Yeah, no, it definitely draws you a good chunk of cards a good chunk of the time. Yeah, super highly rated. But there's a couple of other like spell slingery type ways to do this at sure. instant speed. There's like um, uh, village rites. Yeah. There's also um, deadly dispute. Um, yeah. Both very similar effects. You sacri- It's an instant spell. One, The village rights is one mana, and then deadly dispute is one and a black. Um, and the deadly dispute creates a treasure, and you draw two cards, and village rights, you just draw two cards, but both sacrifice a creature on cast. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. There's a bit of extra card draw at instant speed. For sure. The other one I, I would throw in that camp is Plum the Forbidden. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's kind of weird. It's from Strixhaven. It's one and a black for an instant. Um, you draw a card, and you lose a life. 
But as an additional cost to cast it, you can sacrifice any number of creatures. And for each creature you sacrifice, it's copied. Whoa. So like on the right board, it, it's like pay one and a black, sack 10 creatures, draw 10 cards, lose 10 life. That's wild. Yeah. And again, with aristocrats, we're probably going to be gaining some life. So yeah. Yeah. Spending e- that life. Spending five, spending four. It's fine to draw cards. Get those cards in your hand. So yep. overall, we recommend about 10 to 15 pieces of card draw. And we like if they are, are mixes. So don't go yeah. like all burst or all active, or, um, activated or all passive. Definitely have a good mix of all of them. The one will say don't skip out on it all. And I think we said this in our episode as well. Don't, um, please do include some burst card draw. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to refill your hand. And sometimes you have to do it at instant speed in response to something to find the answer, to dig, to respond to the thing that's happening. Exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Definitely. All right. Next key category that we need to fill up in our deck, any yep. commander deck, is ramp. Yeah, totally. So in an aristocrat strategy, um, there's actually some really weird uh, synergies with creatures that want to die. That but also ramp us. us. Yeah. Green is going to be the color that's going to do this the best. Um, we set that across the board for ramp anyway. I mean, yeah. Green yeah. green just generally ramps better than everybody Gets else. Gets lands which are tampered with less. Yeah. It's really efficient. Really so, efficient. Yeah. So if you are in a green aristocrats deck... Um, you can throw cards like like Steve, Secure Tribe yeah. Elder in there. So he, when he, you sacrifice him to get a basic onto the battlefield tapped, um, Diligent Farmhand works very similarly. Um, Croson Wayfarer is an interesting one. This is That's a, where you sack it and you put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Right? Yeah, yeah. So feasibly on turn one, you could put two lands onto the battlefield. You can. He's just he's, one green. He's a one green uh, creature. This one's especially good in a Marin deck because he's a one drop you can reanimate when you have one experience mm. counter. So to super highly rate that one. Um, in white, you've got a few options that have like ETB specifically. So again, if we're going to be reanimating in any way, this is going to be extra good. So even cards like core cartographer, I found a bit of use for, um, scholarship sponsor. This one, I think I played with you the other day. It it, it ramped everyone except you for a bunch. Um, when it enters the battlefield, each player, so weird. You basically, whoever has the most lands. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Every other player gets a number of basics until they equal that number of lands. So James had like, you know, 12 forests in this game. Yeah. I think I was playing my bear deck. You were playing the bear deck. And so everyone else had like seven or eight. So everyone tutors basics and puts them onto the battlefield tapped until they have 12. Yeah, James has the most. So- this also has a really weird, interesting kind of sub effect that if you're a budget player like Walt and you're not running an excessive amount of typed lands or non-basic lands, mm. some other players might be only running four or five basic lands in their entire deck. That's so true. So sometimes you'll have this effect where they go and tutor for a bunch of basics and go, oh, I can only find three. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. I haven't seen it yet, but I would not be shocked to see it. Definitely. Yep. That happens. It does happen. Cool. Well, I mean, there's there's in black, like, there's a bunch of really cool triggers um, that when creatures die, you actually ramp yourself. Oh, um, they're, they're kind of like make tokens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a very horrific memory of um, Pitiless Plunderer on your, uh, on your battlefield just creating treasures to create mana to activate and other sacrifice abilities. Yeah. Basically, this card says whenever a creature dies... You create a treasure token. I think it has to be on your battlefield. Yeah, sorry. A creature you control dies. Yeah. You create a treasure token. But it gets out of hand. Well, it gets out of hand because some of these sacrifice outlets require a mana cost. Yes. Right. So you you pay the mana. Maybe it's one black mana to, to do this, right? Yeah. So you pay a black mana to sacrifice a creature... 
And then Pitiless Ponderer goes, fantastic, a creature on your board died. Here's a treasure. Yeah. So now that mana ability sacrifice outlet is now basically for free. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. so good. This is also another one that does not say non-token creature. So yeah, you can sack your fodder, you can sack your spirits, your zombies, whatever, I think and those what, will make treasures. It's crazy. I think that's what makes it great, because if you pair it with cards that when something dies, you create a body, yeah. you get in these like weird loops. They might not be infinite, but they're like an incredible value engine where you can just keep these wheels spinning they for ju- ages. They just keep going in a similar yeah. vein, actually, and it would kind of be good on the set- this exact board state we're describing. Pawn of Ulamog. Oh, um, that creates the Scions or Spawn. Uh, I forget which one. They're, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Whatever they, it creates, they are um, little creatures that you can sack to add a colourless mana to your mana yeah. pool. Um, little Drazi things. Yeah, and this one will also trigger whenever a creature dies. So, uh, a non-token creature in this case. Otherwise, it would go infinite with itself. <laughs> it so would. Yeah, you sack a Spawn to generate colourless. It sees the Spawn that you just sacrificed creates a new one. Yes. Thank God that doesn't say non-token. No. It you, says non-token. You can reason your way through what the likely... Um, text is on a card by whether it goes infinite with itself. Yeah. <laughs> 95% of the time, if it will go infinite on its own, it probably isn't what the card says. <laughs> I, I guarantee no one in Wizards let that go through R&D past no. day one if that was ever read no, like that. would not happen. Would not happen. Um, otherwise, like, if, we, if we're if we sort of in colours that aren't green and if we're not able to find some of these effects, um, I think the typical sort of ramp package of mana rocks is going to be fine. Yep. We love our two mana rocks, um, Signets, Talismans. These are all fantastic. Yeah. But again, we also say that if there is a three mana artifact that ramps you, that does something for your deck. Yeah. Like actually maybe there's a sacrifice outlet on it or it it like does something with your command. I don't know, makes it unblockable so you can do something with it. Then yeah, sure. Run yeah. that as well. Totally you can. But totally two you is can. your sweet spot. Two is your sweet spot. Um, If for whatever reason you, you just want to up the creature account like if it's important that you have a large number of creatures in your deck in general you can actually play um the colorless mana dorks if mm. you're not in green so you can play ornithopter of paradise um you can play there's a mirror in every color like iron mirror and leaden mirror like these are all tap for a single color um but they're colorless creatures so you can play them in, your, in any color deck that you want assuming that the mana it produces is the color identity of the commander you're playing <laughs> so you can't play a blue mana dock in your mono black deck but anyway you all know that you know how to build a commander deck you do we advise in terms of ramp that again 10 pieces minimum yes um if your deck is running some really high costed you know spells like maybe you're running that huge command the dread horde effects mm. or like those big creatures that sacrifice and do loops or whatever maybe think about running maybe closer to 15 yeah but we recommend 10 minimum of 10, ramp. 10 minimum is gonna gonna get you a lot of the way along um next one very important as well um we love talking about this one removal yeah every single commander game you are gonna want to get rid of something on someone else's board yes i think the really cool thing about removal in aristocrats deck specifically um we actually can benefit from removal especially removal of creatures slightly better than most other decks can because we're typically running reanimator spells spells Mm. that some of these spells can actually reanimate things from your opponent's graveyard so sometimes like these spells that deal with your opponent's creatures 
also provide you fodder that you can then reanimate mm. later. We'll go into that a little bit uh, a bit later when we talk about reanimated um, cards that we recommend. But yeah, I, I actually think we can go slightly higher on removal than we normally would. I would aim for like the 15 mark on this yeah. because we're probably going to have the means to get stuff back. And also generally, just generally speaking, when we're playing Aristocrats, we're going to be in the color black. Yes. Uh, and black is very, very good at removing. If we're in a really strong Aristocrats theme, I think we're in white and black. Yeah. And I actually said this in the in the deck building template when we mm. talked about removal. When you combine two colors that are good at a thing, white is really good at removing, black's really good at removing. You combine them, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, they're, they're greater than the sum of the parts, for yeah. sure. They're, they're, it compounds into something even better. Um, one thing we get, get access to that we're definitely going to recommend for removal um, is we're probably going to have a bunch of creatures that have enter the battlefield effects. So again, because we're often going to be recurring things from our graveyard, um, these are going to be better often than the equivalent spell, like the equivalent instant or sorcery that would do the same thing, mm-hmm. um, because we might be able to get it back. So we... We mentioned uh, Cavalier of Night is a really good one. Ravenous Chupacabra. Just a cute little dog. (laughs) (laughs) Cute little dog that murders. He just kills things. Yeah, he just comes in and destroys target creature. Yep. Boom. Boom. That's all it does. He blows it up. Um, Yes, very, very good. It's four mana creature. I think it's like a 2-2 or something. But yeah, yeah, the main thing is you're not very often going to be able to get your instants and sorceries back. You're very often going to be able to get your creatures back. So getting Chupacabra back again, it's going to look great. Yeah, amazing. And like that, obviously we're destroying a lot of creatures here, um, but Reclamation Sage... Uh, yeah. gets rid of an enchantment or artifact yep. when it enters the battlefield. And again, it's a little bit overcosted for what it does. Like we could run Naturalize or Wilt or another spell that destroys a target enchantment or artifact. But because this is on a stick, on a mm. body, we can use it. We can sacrifice it as fodder later. And maybe if we're running that reanimator package, bring it back, do it again. Yeah, absolutely. In, in a similar vein, um, this one's another one that would actually fit multiple camps. Overseer of the Damned, I've been really liking lately. And um, this is actually a seven drop. So this is right at the top of your curve. When it enters the battlefield, you destroy target creature. However, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you make a 2-2 zombie. Oh, it's making bodies. Yeah. Oh, I love this card. Making a lot of bodies. If you can, like, again, because we're going to be running a slightly higher than usual removal package. This card is more valuable to us when we start removing more creatures. Totally. Yeah, this is sweet. And again, this is a seven drop. So maybe up your ramp if you want to be playing cards like this yeah definitely definitely get to this quicker yeah absolutely the other thing that we're going to be able to do um that's going to work in our favor is we're going to be able to synergize with sacrificing stuff Mm. um so like the the ability to sacrifice things is going to often trigger the stuff that we want to trigger um and we can turn cards that are normally disadvantaged into kind of a net um, you know, sort of no disadvantage for us. Sometimes even advantage. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we get benefit. Like the card that immediately pops to mind for me is Plague Crafter. Oh, yeah. It's a card that, it's a creature, ETBs, each player, so including you, yep. sacrifices a creature. Plague Crafter, or Planeswalker. And it also reads, if you can't, you discard, discard a card, card. Yeah. so it like it always gets you some kind of value yeah unless they have no creatures and no hand which to be fair they're probably dead anyway <laughs> um you're always going to get value from this card but yeah when it enters the battlefield you can sacrifice itself trigger all your 
aristocrats effects yeah drain everyone or you can sacrifice that creature that maybe you want to put in the bin so you can reanimate to get that etb again yeah let's say you want to get your overseer of the damned back like you can sacrifice it reanimate it you know destroy like, something else make yeah. another two two body oh it's good everything it's, keeps turning over yeah, it's, it's mm, looking good mm. <laughs> <laughs> in green we've got a couple of other sort of similar sort of things to reclamation stage um foundation breaker is the one that has evoke so we can evoke it for one in a green. This is, again, great in a Mirren deck. Um, Haywire Might was printed in um, what Brothers War. What is this? This is, is actually, this a new card? Yeah, this is colorless, but it requires green in the activation cost. So, so you, you can, can only run it in a green command. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, it's a it's a 1-1 one, one for one colorless, one generic. Um, you pay a green and sacrifice it to exile target non-creature artifact or enchantment. Oh, sick. Yeah. So, like, it has to be non-creature. So it's always... Is caustic caterpillar kind of thing. It's very that was the the, the comparison very early on, and yeah. you pay less because caustic caterpillar is one to cast and two to activate. So it's cheaper. It's cheaper and it exiles as well, but it's non-creature. So look, it's okay. it's great though if you can play it. If you're in green, I highly recommend it. I've played it. It's been it's pretty been amazing. Pretty solid. Okay, yeah. well look, I'm gonna throw in another way to remove some things because unless you're playing um, Vidalcanori, which <laughs> you know me- means you can cast everything at flash speed. Mm. Uh, which means you can flash these creatures out and you can you can slam Plague Crafter on an end step and <laughs> get all the value. Oh, imagine. It's great. If you want to go down that route, maybe one of your enhancers in your deck could be a Vidalcanori, but if you don't want to make that a slot... What I would recommend is running a few redundancy instant speed removal spells. I think it's good to have some. Otherwise, we're going to sort of feel like we just always tap out on our turn. And then when people go to do things, we just have no ability to respond to them, right? There's a bunch of these. One of our favorites is a modal dual face card with a land on the back. Hagramalling. So good. So good. Okay, if you haven't got got a space for this, uh, take out a basic land. It's got a land on the back. It's a land on the back. It's not going to hurt you. Um, I've been playing Soul Shatter in a similar vein that is actually incredibly frustrating because it forces your opponents to sacrifice it deals with usually the best thing on their board yeah. even if it has hexproof it's true so it, it's it's a forced sacrifice effect um, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker with the highest mana value among creatures you control so mm-hmm. the mana value you know if, if it's a two black green then that mana value is total four so if that's the highest mana value among creatures and planeswalkers that's the one you have to sack um only your opponents so this is a three for one always basically so good um and look a probably 90 percent of the time it deals with the most problematic thing on every board because you know like we just talked about overseer of the damned that's mm. a seven drop that's going to be the highest mana value thing on most boards yep. that's the thing they're going to have to sacrifice it's it's i've been playing it recently i've really liked it yeah and and there is another like sub theme that you could go down where it's like a forced sacrifice theme in your mm. aristocrats deck so if you're going down that theme where you've got cards that say whenever an opponent or a player sacrifices a permanent do this mm. this is a bomb this yeah is so good. totally i mean there's mayhem devil would be great, great. Card, yeah. would be great in this kind of instance um i think as well like it's worth mentioning that blood artists like those effects that see every creature die when you cast your soul shatter that's going to be three drained from you know in total and i think that's why we want to run a little bit more removal in this deck as yeah, well yeah that's another good reason to run more removal. yeah directly synergizing totally right. agree okay 
they're like our three key, very, very important things. Yes. But like we've already alluded to, we've re- mentioned Reanimator quite a bit already. But sometimes you'll want to run a couple of sub-themes or maybe some strategies within your Aristocrats deck mm. that will give you some increased value. Um, maybe just, it, it won't be your main game plan, but it'll keep you level. Um, yeah. It'll give you extra value. Totally. So, yeah, should we talk? We've mentioned Reanimator a bunch already. We have. It's definitely going to be probably the, the sub theme that'll be easiest to support like we're already sacrificing things we're already have a lot of fodder a lot of dies triggers it's just going to naturally fill up our graveyard um we're definitely going to want to include at least some of this because we're doing it already like we're we're filling the requirements for a reanimated deck and also our key pieces are creatures that are pretty vulnerable to die yeah so we want to make sure that we can get them back totally um so you know i've already mentioned that most of these uh creatures are at three cmc or less so mm. Sun Titan Sun Titan fits in these strategies really well when yeah. he ETBs or attacks you reanimate a creature with uh, we know a permanent a permanent so you could get Bastion of Remembrance in this case isn't oh, it? oh I've done this before nice it's been very very good nice. highly recommend so there you go Sun Titan great reanimation yep definitely agree uh, I like Apprentice Necromancer in certain decks this is a one and a black I believe for a creature and then you pay a black tap it and sacrifice it, you return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, in the end step, you sacrifice that creature. Yeah. Uh, again, great Numeran tech. Yeah. It gets you those experience counters, but this also gets you the dead dies triggers yeah. adding up. This on itself is two dies triggers at least. Super cool. One of my favorites that I actually don't run in a deck, but I love it every time it's cast because it's a political tool and I love <laughs> politics. Incartation technique. Yeah. This card is wildly cool. It's so cool. It's It's got a really weird mechanic on it called demonstrate. Yes. Which basically you, you can have a target opponent copy this spell yes. and cast it for free. Yep. Theirs resolves first, but if they do it, you do the card's effect twice. You get a copy of it as well. Yeah, yeah. so incartation, incarnation technique. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, for me, anyway. <laughs> it reads, uh, along the lines of you mill two or three, is it three cards? Mill five. five. Wow, yeah. I really should run this card. It's so good. You mill five cards, and then you return a creature card from your graveyard, not from those five from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yep, so this can be anything in your graveyard. And again, like if you give this to one of your opponents, you're doing it twice, you're milling 10, yep. and you'll have two creatures from among those. Obviously, that you can't choose your second creature from the second batch. Like yeah. you can't choose two creatures from the second batch because that one won't happen yeah. yet. But yeah, milling 10 and having the ability to return two creatures back, it's crazy it's good. so, so good. So the politics angle that I'm going down with this is, hey, well... I know you've got a creature in your bin that you'd like back. Mm. Let's be best buddies. Don't swing at me. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'll cast incarnation. In- Bloody hell, that is a hard word to say. <laughs> incarnation technique. Incarnation technique. Yep. Incarnation. Got it. There we, we got go. Got it. Nice. If, oh, if I cast incarnation technique, you can reanimate your thing. Sound good? Yeah. Great. We're friends. I'm going to do my thing. But also, if you're clever with this card, if someone's playing Spellslinger... Mm. which is another archetype which doesn't run a lot of creatures yeah target them they're not going to get a value piece well and they might not even mill anything they might mill five cards and not hit a creature they might not get anything and they're not going to feel bad about you targeting them because you gave them the opportunity and it was free it was free free. they didn't pay anything for it they're going to go oh thanks anyway sorry i missed and you're like oh how unfair 
unfortunate. Anyway, here's a um, <laughs> overseer and a sun titan yes. and all these incredible things. Exactly right. Um, I'm a big fan of the card Victimize for reanimating as well. Super cool card. Especially if you're playing a deck where you've got lots of those ETBs triggers. Yeah. Um, this one's a three mana sorcery. You sacrifice a creature and you return two creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. This is kind of wild. So you could be sacrificing one of these little 1-1 one, one servos mm. and reanimating, I don't know, say your Gary. Yeah, um, your Great Merchant of Asphodel, for which sure. Which will enter and drain everyone. Or you could be getting, again, two of these key pieces back that are our aristocrats. Yeah, and a lot of these are going to have ETBs, so it's going to feel really good to get them back. Um, the other thing we're going to want to include at least some of in this sort of reanimated category is spells that recur multiple multiple things so mm. victimized does too but we sort of want things that are gonna be the big game winning spell we, we've talked yeah. about this a few times we like those spells that just say you know in the right circumstance this just kind of wins me the game on the spot yeah so um, some mass recursion in that instance will just win you on the spot yeah you're gonna have the creatures in your bin it's gonna yeah. look amazing um Agadim's awakening this another is another modal card modal card this one's the the card you the land you can bolt in on the back um, reanimates a bunch of stuff. Command the Dread Horde. Yeah. Gonna reanimate a bunch of stuff from your bin. Um, in the vein of, you know, we talked about how we like our opponents to sacrifice stuff. I love Sepulchral Primordial. Um, this is a, a seven mana five five with Intimidate. Might be a five four. When it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, you return something from a creature card from their graveyard to the battlefield. Oh, so you get the best thing from everyone's graveyard yes. onto your battlefield. Three things. And again, this is another reason why we probably want to run a couple more pieces of removal, right? Yeah. We can set this turn up where we go, okay, they've got a, a Niv-Mizzet Perun. That's just drawing them tons of cards. Um, you've got a, uh, a Merin, which is going to be great in on my battlefield anyway, but I'm in Orzo, so I yep. can't run it. So let's. I'm going to set this up, remove these key pieces, and then bang, Sepulchral Primordial comes down. I get all of these incredible features. Awesome. This it's, is great. It's so, so good. So, so good. Um, in terms of other themes that will be, like, can be supported, but maybe slightly less so, Life Gain is definitely something we can do. Mm. Um, your Aristocrats' effects, obviously, your Blood Artists, your Zulaport Cutthroats, they are gaining you some life. Mm. So you're going to gain incremental amounts. Um, I would say overall it's a bit less supported than Reanimator unless your commander is gaining you life. Like in an LSL core deck, 100% life gains are supported strategy. You can play your life gain pieces sure. in there. Even in like Taser, because Taser gives a lifelink to creatures. Lifelink and Vigilance, so, yeah, yeah, totally. That's a good one as well. Um, and yeah, definitely there are like versions of the Aristocrats decks that want to sacrifice big things. Um, like Kakusho. Oh, that card. I If you're in a reanimator sub-theme as well, mm. even just consider running this in your reanimator sub-theme. Also nuts specifically in Taser, because it's a dies trigger, it'll trigger twice. So this nuts. one, I think it deals... Each opponent loses five and you gain life equal to the life lost this yeah, way. Yeah, so deals five to each opponent and you gain 15 in the usual situation. And again, you're going to be looping this. You're going to do it multiple times. In Taser, it's each opponent loses 10. You gain 30. <laughs> Wild. It's the biggest tempo swing you'll ever get. It's crazy. It's crazy good. Crazy, crazy strong. Uh, well, one more sub-theme I guess you can go with in, sure. in Aristocrats is yep. Mill. Um, yeah. We've already kind of alluded to it with incarnation technique. Hey. Thank you. You got there. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> um, but obviously, if you're already kind of doing this reanimation thing or even just utilizing the cards in your graveyard 
in another way maybe you've got a creature that cares about how many cards are in your graveyard yeah. and you're sacking it for value with greater good mm. something like that yep. milling can be a really strong thing um however what i would recommend is really consider why you're milling cards mm. if you can't answer that question with a strong i'm milling because i've got reanimate and animate dead yeah if you can't answer strongly probably don't mill. Yeah, I think this is the kind of sub-theme that will be more more supported if we're closer to the reanimator side of that spectrum we were yeah. outlining. For example, like my Scarab God deck really wants to mill itself down yeah. because then I get access to my creatures that I can reanimate and cheat out. Yeah, that one's even an interesting case because you can reanimate, like on your commander, you have the ability to reanimate stuff from your opponent's mm. graveyards. So you also, I know, run a bunch of effects that mill your opponents. Mesmeric or... Oh, that one's yucky. I was... <laughs> I was thinking Court of Cunning, which also works quite well in that deck. It's also a card draw piece, but Mesmeric Orb. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, Mesmeric Orb is a two-mana colourless artifact. It goes in any mill deck. It is a really weird thing to get your head around is the way it reads, but whenever a permanent becomes untapped, that player, the permanent's controller mills a card. So, when you, the player goes to their untap phase and untaps all their lands, all their creatures, everything, yep. you mill a card for everything you untap. So, it's this card crazy. gets out of hand so quick. It's absolutely insane. It, the number of cards it will mill is so much higher than you would expect. For two mana. Yeah, crazy. Nuts. The one thing I uh, we also didn't mention sort of around the removal section, I wouldn't mind quickly going into uh, before we leave themes as well. Um, board wipes. We totally, oh. we're going to need some. We totally, yeah. We, we kind of skipped that. Skipped over board wipes, but yeah. yeah. And considering we are in, in a situation where if we are running these reanimator packages, if we are in life gain with that Ellis core dude where yeah. when creatures die, we get a bunch of value. Yeah. Board wipes are super great thing to run. I think so. Because similar to the sort of running of the target removal where you recommend going a bit higher, um, mass removal is going to do the same thing where it's going to put a bunch of stuff in the bin that you can then utilize. Yep. Whether it's your stuff or your yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, what what do we think? Like, recommend for for board wipes? I, I'll say right off the bat, in terms of like cards that are board wipes that will also just win you the game in the right circumstance. Yeah. Living death, super cool. This card is crazy. It reads super weird. The gist of it that you need to take away from it, it reads the way it does. It's just because of the rules and how it has to work. It just swaps your graveyard with your battlefield. So and for everybody. So this, if you're running this card, then you can probably look at mill strategies as a little bit better. They become much stronger. If you're self-milling, you're going to get a bunch more value from sacrificing a bunch of 1-1s and then reanimating your Sepulchral Primordial yeah. and your big value creatures. Yeah, totally agree. That that card have won many games within my memory yeah. deck, for sure. If you're in a life gain sub-theme, you could run things like Fumigate as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely if you're leaning into the life gain. Yep, Fumigate's great. That's three white white. Yeah. Um, destroy all creatures you gain life one life for each creature destroyed but yeah really i think good yeah the there's also another version of that um living and uh card it's dread return um oh this is the one where you sacrifice three creatures to return something oh no that's just your sacrificing i thought each yeah. player sacrificed but there you go there's another good reanimation oh that's a great spell. reanimation spell yeah. yeah for sure yeah uh, in terms of board wipes actually and reanimation specifically necromantic selection Oh, now this one's a bit cheeky. This one is cheeky. Because it does something that is so hard to do in Commander. Yeah, so it's it's four black, black, black. So it's a bit, it's quite X-y, you know, mana value wise. Not in yeah. cost, in, in dollars. No. It's very cheap in dollars. Um, it destroys all creatures. 
Then you choose a creature that was destroyed this way and return it to the battlefield under your control. Exile Necromantic Selection. Do you want to outline what makes it so cheeky? It's such a weird reason why, but because the spell resolves all at once. Yes. The effect of the spell taking one of the creatures that has been destroyed and putting it onto your battlefield happens before the state-based action of someone deciding whether or not their commander goes to the command zone or the graveyard. So this is one of the very, very few instances where you can destroy someone's commander and get it, and they have no opportunity to put it in the command zone. It's very cheeky. Um, it's a bit salty, yeah. I'll say. Be careful about who you're doing this with, but um, it's you very strong. You take someone's Niv-Mizzet, they're going to cry. I'm yeah, going to guarantee it. They're not going to be happy. But look, you can also just get a really good creature yeah. that dies as well. That's also going to be, be great. I think another really great one in an Aristocrats theme is Ingaruk's Wake. Another really oh, yeah. uh, super exy mana value to cast. I think it's seven black black. Yeah, nine altogether. Nine yeah. altogether. It's a big cost, but it destroys all your opponents creatures and planeswalkers yeah kind of wild so if you've got a blood artist down you get all the benefit from their creatures oh dying, yeah totally and you keep all of your things to hold up instant speed sacks and responses it's just mm, yeah it's good for sure there's not that many I, I would say beyond what we've just outlined there's not that many board wipes that synergize with specifically aristocrats so if you're looking for your board wipes and you're trying to pick which ones i would say probably just refer back to our deck building template mm. um watch i think it was episode two where we went into removal a lot um, we just outlined a bunch of board wipes that we really like. Mostly just pick the board wipes that are good, and, and if a few of a, them will be extra good. And if you've got a sub-theme, yeah, a few of them are going to be extra good, like the reanimator, life gain, mill sub-themes that we just went through. Yeah, totally. Well, look, that's most of what we want to do. So, yeah, I hope you've realized that, th that when we play Aristocrats decks, we sort of transform the typical play patterns of combat and casting spells and we flip them on their head. We do it completely differently. The game becomes this careful, methodical constriction of your opponents. <laughs> um, and there's plenty of room for these interesting instant speed responses with sack outlets and sneaky sequences of plays and splashy reanimators mm. like that, um, you know, like that in Garrick's Wake. That's going to feel really cool to do. Um, and yeah, we hope that the episode has given you the tools to build a deck of your own. And most importantly, we hope the Space Commanders will let us out of the bedroom. Whoa, whoa, look, 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 that green glow. It's, it's fading. We've it's gone away. It. It's space, gone. Space Commanders. Command, Command received. received. Well, you didn't do the, the salute. You'd... Well, I was scared of the light. But it's gone now. We're, we're free. But where's it gone? Hang on. Does the, door, the door opens. We're good. We're the good. Door, okay. okay. All right. Good. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Okay, well, look, to the listeners, do you feel commanded? Um, what do you think of Aristocrats as a strategy in deck building? If you own one, are you going to be swapping around some cards based on the cards that we just mentioned? Um, if you don't own one, are you going to now give it a crack? It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it, white, black, um, like Orzov is your colors for it, but yeah. I even managed to do a bit of a sub-theme with Rakdos. Well, I, I got Gruul in my, because I got Goblin Bombardment. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Which, yeah, the Firelife deck is similar. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't say it's an aristocrat, but Goblin Bombardment is a one and a red that says sacrifice a creature. It deals one damage to any target. So yeah. kind of a blood artist. Yeah, no, totally it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and definitely let us know what commander you're going to 
going to pick as well. Yeah. I, I'm interested to hear what commander um, color identity you go for because it really changes. Like, I think the black-white aristocrats decks are super life-gainy, but we sort of talked about how the black-green decks are more about mm. reanimating. And if you play Abzan, black-green-white... You get the best of everything. You get the best of both worlds. Carador. Carador does everything. Yeah, there you go. Super cool. Super All cool. right. Well, as is tradition at this point in the podcast... Uh, we need to planeswalk out. Now that we have the ability to leave. That's true. Yeah. We had our sparks deactivated before, but we can planeswalk now. The space commanders have the immortal sun. <gasps> That's terrifying. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's my turn to planeswalk. <laughs> it's your turn to planeswalk. Good. Let's get out of here. Get I'm, I'm going to planeswalk into the realm of dermatology. Oh. Bit, I haven't visited dermatology in a while. How's that going? Yeah, it's wild. They run these really weird basic lands called dandruff. It's wild. <laughs> um, I hate those basics. <laughs> just get all over your playmat. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a bit of a gross one, but look, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to do a bit of bragging uh, in this planes walk because um, for those that don't know me uh, or have never seen me in person, I actually have a skin condition. I have atopic eczema, dermatitis. Yep. Um, it's been a detriment to my life um since i was a baby um it it causes red rashes and some scabbing and basically just the most furious itch uh across mm. my body around my eyes uh it, like in my groin around my feet it, it, it it's it's pretty horrible to deal with yeah even when you're asleep i know that like sleeping is quite difficult yeah. at times as well yeah, yeah i've i've you know um my partner has said like oh last night was a bad night for you was it you know your skin bad because you were scratching in your sleep. Mm. So it, it's been a big problem in my life for a long time. Um, however, I've just started working with a new dermatologist. Um, oh, yeah. Screw it. I'm going to shout him out. Dr. Alvin Chong. Um, incredible, incredible human. Very lovely. Very nice. Very patient and considerate and affectionate um, in, oh. a, in a medical setting, which is always lovely. That's rare, too. Yeah. yeah he has put me on to this incredible um, injection, actually. Um, right. Not a cream, which, yeah. you know, usually you treat dermatitis with a cream. Yeah, it's pretty normal for a rash or something. Yeah, yeah I'm self-injecting. Um, like right. with, uh, I just get basically a bit of blubber from my stomach or my thigh. Mm-hmm. And I inject this like little vial of liquid into myself Yeah, every two weeks. Okay. And oh my God, this stuff is a miracle solution. I have no idea what's in it. But like when I, you know, I just showed Walt my arms and mm. you've, you've known me for a long time. Yeah, this it's, is, this is, your skin is definitely healthier than it's been the whole time that I've known you. It's, it's yeah. actually remarkable. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, for most of the time I've known James, you know, there's been like itchy parts of your arms and, yep. you know, around or your neck and on scratches me. and stuff. And yeah, like you're, you're basically mark free. It's, it's remarkable. It's really. wild. However, now that my skin has calmed down, I'm not sure if you can see it. It's like. There's scarring from like oh. how bad my skin has been oh, in the past. Gosh. So it's like, it's it's kind of a wonderful thing for me to see though, because I never noticed it was scars. But right. now that's like, you know, scars are an example of what happened in the past. So this yes. is kind of a nice thing for me to see. It's this like, is like the, 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 the pain is maybe over now. I know. And it's, it's honestly, I know it's a bit of a weird planes walk, but... I'm so happy about this. Yeah. I actually ended up, there's a wonderful, um, there's, there's a parent, a set of parents in our community. Um, and they have a little uh, girl who is also affected by oh. pretty horrific atopic eczema. Yep. I have, and, I've met her before. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked to the, the parents quite consistently about treatments and all this kind of stuff. And, 
and in the same vein that I'm getting better, she's now getting a little bit better as well. Oh, I've put them onto the dermatologist and, you know, generated a little bit of community um, awareness around it. And right. yeah, eczema sucks. It, yep. it really is horrible. And especially living in Australia where it's really hot. Yeah. Um, and dry too. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to live with eczema. So yep. I'm just really happy to report that I'm getting to a point where I can live my life normally. That's great. It's really yeah. lovely. No, it's it's that's fantastic. I think um yeah, as a as a very non-magic related aside, um take a moment when you can to be thankful for whatever um wonderful health you have. If yeah. you, you know, in wh- whichever way it is, where most of us are so fortunate to have really really wonderful yeah. health. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm I'm a very mentally stable person. I thank myself every day that, you know, that I've got that. Yeah. You know, it just take a second if you've got very smooth and luscious skin, appreciate that for me. Yeah. Just go ahead and appreciate <laughs> for that. For James. Yeah. Yep, do it. Well, um that's about it from us. Please do join our Discord, shoot us some questions, let us know what you thought, but um that's about it. Thanks so much for, for sticking with us, and uh, we'll be back for, for more hijinks. Yeah. Do you want me to get your decks out the car now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, the kettle. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Bye, Commander players. Bye.